Hi, and welcome to the Art of the Profitable Lifestyle Gym podcast. I'm Chris Thorndike, a 14-year practicing brick-and-mortar gym owner. In this podcast, we'll talk you through how to grow your gym membership base with long-term members, how to create a consistent flow of leads, and how to enjoy running a gym that gives you the income you need to live the lifestyle you want. I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month take home and make $5,000 a month in gym profit. Hey, what's up, guys? Chris Thorndike here, and today I'm joined by Andrea Ramos, our marketing director, and uh, we're going to uh, talk through a really important issue of just uh, getting to understand what a lifestyle gym uh, is and uh, just hang with you guys, just have fun uh, talking through some of the issues that we're finding uh, in our industry. And hopefully we can learn, we can laugh and we can get to know each other. So Andrea, thanks for doing this with us. And, uh, I'm excited to have this call. Yeah, me too. Thanks for, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Um, so yeah, I think the topic that we're going to be discussing is going to be really, um, kind of like a new concept. I think that in the, the gym industry, in my time, you know, in here for like three years now, it's, interesting to see how it's evolved as a I'd say like evolving industry new I would say industry um to really talk about some of the things you're seeing and the ways in which we're thinking about running gyms and what we should um you know actually like pivot and go towards to create a more sustainable and enjoyable life for gym owners so so yeah I'm excited this is going to be great awesome yeah. Everything I want to want to talk about always. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I think that we'll go ahead and introduce this topic of a lifestyle gym, right? Um, because I think that as uh, brick and mortar gym owners, um, you know, have entered the market and started to build their gym, it's kind of felt like a frenzy of like more and growth. And it, it, it kind of took off. I think a lot of that came with just the newness of a new way of training um, that created that like exponential growth. Um, but in that like frenzy, I think we kind of lost sight of like, wait a second, like this needs to be sustainable. <laughs> like this needs to be something that we can do for decades, not just, you know, like a five-year sprint or like a three-year sprint. Um, so yeah, so I want, want to really introduce the topic of like a lifestyle gym and, um, and you know, what it is, what does, what does that mean to you? Um, and because I think you've done a really great job of creating like a career out of this, um, you know, out of, out of this, like out of being a gym owner and really professionalizing it and really, uh, you know, doing what you need to do in your gym, not only to serve your clients at the level that you want to serve them, but also like, you know, take care of your family and provide financially and, um, you know, not spend all day at the gym. So before we talk about like what it is, um, let's go ahead and define like what is not a lifestyle gym. So what would you say like, you know, to someone or what would be the thing that like, if this is happening in your life, like, or if this is what you're experiencing, you do not have a lifestyle gym. What are, what would those things be for you? One of the first things I would say is time, you know, early on in my career, I absolutely did not have a lifestyle gym. It was, you know, uh, up at four, 
uh, leaving at 9 p.m., uh, just trying to get a 10-minute workout in. So one of the first things is just like that feeling like you're always living at your gym and your business. And uh, that really hits home for me because I just, I know that life and I know how differently I live it now. And another thing that really hit home is when, you know, I was coming home to uh, my, at the time, fiance, Steph, uh, we would, you know, get a chance to hang out. It'd be later at night after a long day, but then I'd be on a laptop and just pounding keys and everything that I thought I was doing in terms of like hanging with, you know, my significant other, I wasn't present. I was working on the business. So one of the first things I, that comes to mind is just feeling like you're always uh, working on your company, whether it is physically at the location or like me, I was bringing the laptop home and I was still, you know, working. It just felt like a never ending thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a toll. I think that, you know, the, um, the online work from anywhere mentality is great, um, but I think it it does kind of um, create a, a little bit of like a blend in, okay, what's the cutoff, right? Like, when do I stop working? Um, and similar to that, like if we bring it into like the gym space, there really does need to be like a, hey, this is, this is where I draw the line of work and being present, you know, for my family, for my friends, for my like, life outside the gym. So I think that number one, if you are feeling like you don't have time and space for you as a person, um, that's a good indication that, you know, you don't really have a lifestyle gym. It doesn't like blend in well to your lifestyle. It just consumes your life. Um, what would be another key, um, like another example of what it's not a lifestyle gym? Yeah, when when you look at the uh, goals of a lot of owners now that have reached, I'd, I'd say like a first point for those guys that have felt this or just know that this does happen, a, a burnout uh, where you feel like, you know, what am I doing with my life? I'm putting everything into it and I still feel like I'm in survival mode. A lot of that can be that you're not taking time to recharge. And when you're always on or working, uh, it almost feels like there's a level of guilt if you do take a personal time and just read or, you know, heck, sleep because uh, you're so tired. And I think that if you're in that boat of, uh, you know, almost feeling like you can't uh, take time for yourself, even, you know, the smallest half hour walk to go listen to a podcast or something, then you definitely are... Uh, drifting further and further away of this concept of a lifestyle gym where you own your time. You get to say when you do it, uh, you know, what you do with your time. And ultimately, it'll feel like during these moments that you do carve out that you're feeling guilty or missing that. And that's not really, um, you know, personal time either, because your head's completely in something else, but you're not fully present. So I know a lot of owners have talked about that where you can go for a walk with your family, but you're nonstop thinking about business or talking about business and it can kind of ruin the moment. So I think there's a certain level of leaving it at the uh, gym or the office and being present uh, is closely tied to saying, hey, I 
carved out this time. I made this time to, you know, have a hobby or be with my family. So therefore I'm going to be there and not feel guilty or feel like I have to double up on that time and, you know, create some solution for the business. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the reason that happens comes from a little, if we go a layer deeper, it's probably because you're not really organized in your systems at your gym. So because that's not happening, and this is kind of like a sign that you don't have a lifestyle gym, you don't have like the systems that run itself because that's not happening when you are spending time, like outside, you know, trying to relax, like your, your brain almost kind of never can rest because it doesn't know that like it's safe or it, everything's going to be okay at the gym. Um, and then I think that comes from not having like an organizational system to make sure that business runs so that the anxiety that comes with like, I don't know, you know, when more people are going to come in, or I don't know how this is going to happen, or I don't know, or I'm unsure. If you're constantly having to like, think about like, I'm not sure, I don't know. That's a clear sign that you, you're not very organized in your gym, which is probably an indicator that you don't have any systems. Um, so can you speak to that, like having like that sort of like mental piece and how like systems can kind of, you know, help you get there? Oh, totally. And, and I think there's uh, this notion that just because you've, you know, rented the space, you've bought the equipment that you uh, can help people, uh, you're supposed to know how to organize everything in it to make it work for work in life. And uh, that in itself is a journey. So when you don't have an organization system, it makes it 10 times harder. And I think that's where a lot of the stress comes from for owners is this kind of hopped into the deep end kind of feeling where uh, you just sink or swim, or I got to figure it out, just like I figured out how to, you know, train myself for, you know, uh, how to solve fitness problems. And sometimes you can jump in too deep without real organization and you can end up drowning. And I think for some, that drowning feeling is just hanging on by a thread. And for other people, they see it uh, and they're like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. So a lot of that uh, pressure and that anxiety is also a sign that you're not living with a lifestyle gym because it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be something you wake up excited about, uh, not something you dread or that brings you, uh, you know, bad stress. You know, I'm not saying that business doesn't have stressors, but if you're constantly in that worry state, uh, you're definitely uh, flirting with something that is uh, going to take away from the enjoyment of life, not add to it. Right. And the, and when you get there, it's, it's kind of like at that point, you're, it's not sustainable, right? No one can continue to do something. They, that's just like draining time and time again. And so if the goal is like, Hey, I really want to make this my career. Like I want this to really provide long-term then it's very important that, um, you know, you kind of remove yourself from feeling that way about your business because you want it to be energizing and you want it to be like, like you said, something you're excited about, right? Like you have an opportunity to like make money and provide for your family doing something you love and something you're passionate about. And very, very few people like can do that. And so the fact that you're kind of sitting in this really like um, 
you know, position and opportunity is, is a good thing. It just, you haven't figured out how to like, you know, organize your, your gym in a way that serves your clients, your lifestyle, your family, your finances. And so I think that's why, um, you know, the concept of a lifestyle gym is so life-changing because it's taking a, a brick and mortar gym, um, and really creating something, um, you know, great from it, creating not just like a place where people go to have their lives changed, but a place where you as a gym owner can also have like your life changed in the way that, um, you know, you run your business and, um, you know, works for, for everyone. So let's go ahead and define what that is. Like, what is a lifestyle gym and what, like, what kind of motivated you to create this model? Well, you know, the, sometimes when you uh, are so unhappy in what you're doing and, and you get to a point where you don't have another option and you try to fight and resist change, I, I feel like I got kind of caught in uh, the analogy of like an athlete that just knows how to put in a ton of work. Uh, and do all this volume training, but they're getting injured all the time and they're, uh, you know, unable to lose body fat or, or happy with the results they're getting because they're just beating themselves down. And I kind of think of it like that, where I was just head down, uh, grinding through business world life and adding every great idea I thought that I could take on. And the truth was that it was pointing me in directions that it was killing bandwidth. It was creating revenue, but not profit. So looking back, one of the first things that really I wanted to secure, like many owners, is the income part. Uh, I wanted to be comparable to what my other college graduate friends uh, were making. I wanted similar benefits and time away and, and just to feel like you know, you were a part of that successful group of people that wasn't stressed out all the time and worried about money and um, making it work. So I think that was the first thing that we had to really understand is what is a professional salary that allows you to, uh, you know, buy a home, have a family, uh, invest uh, in your future. And uh, I think that's the number one thing when it comes to a lifestyle gym is you, you cannot be in survival mode and feel like you can travel and you can um, take days off. So I would say the first thing is that you are earning an income that allows you to um, feel free and feel like you have choices to, to go above and beyond just your business world. Gotcha. Yeah, that's super important. I think that is interesting how you made that parallel between like the athlete who's just like working out nonstop um, and just grinding and and how even we know in in the fitness space, like there there is room for like strategy and rest days and like the way that you build fitness isn't just volume, volume, volume. And so it's interesting how like sometimes um, we can know that in the fitness space, but in the business space, we come in and we're like, no, no, I just have to work hard. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's the same principles. Like, yes, you have to put in work and yes, there's disciplined, um, you know, things that you have to do to grow a successful business, but just as like you are strategic in, um, 
building fitness and, you know, becoming really fit, you also have to be strategic in the ways that you, you know, run your business as well. Um, but great. Okay. So the first one is earn an income that allows you to have, you know, the lifestyle that you want and enjoy, you know, your life. What would be the second definition of what you would call a lifestyle gym? I think this is the draw for entrepreneurship and, and owners out there is, uh, we like to build things. I think we like, we're creators. And one of the draws is to own your own schedule and your time, right? There's like no boss telling you where you need to be, when you need to do it. And there's that uh, feeling like you have freedom and autonomy. And for me, that was a big part as well as I wanted to work hours um, that allowed me to feel productive, but also I wanted to do other stuff with my life and it wasn't all about work. Like a career is, you know, something you're passionate about and you're building and you're working towards, but also it doesn't mean that it's 24 seven. So going back to, you know, Andre, the analogy of an athlete, it's like, if you're that athlete, sometimes you have blinders on and that's why you hire a coach because you can't see that rest and rejuvenation is yeah. so essential to building your body back stronger and more recovered. And I think, as I've gone through, you know, kind of that overtrained business owner, uh, I started seeing that the more I recovered, the more I learned something else outside of, you know, business or talked to other industry owners, I actually felt better and more recovered and it allowed me to uh, have breakthroughs that I never had before. So the time part um, that I really, found works for me is four and a half uh, day work week. And it allows me to say, if, if Steph and I want to travel, you know, we can take off on a Friday and come back on a Monday and feel completely uh, connected to our work. There isn't stuff that is uh, missed or momentum lost. So that was something that really gave me a lot of confidence saying, I have that autonomy to travel and freedom that I've always wanted, but I'm not missing productivity. I'm not losing that momentum that we crave as owners to feel like we're continuing to build, you know, the thing that we're working on. Yeah. Nice. So the time element, like getting down to, Hey, like this, your gym should be four and a half days of work and you have the space to go on a weekend trip. Like you, it, it doesn't have, again, kind of going back to like what we talked about first, like it doesn't have to be a, a looming work space that you're always in, but rather like, you know, you've carved out time for, for, um, work at four and a half days a week. And then the rest is like just resting. Um, all right. So what would be the last thing? I think this is something that you're really passionate about. Um, but what would be, what would you say the last thing in, um, creating a lifestyle gym would be? Yeah. So I think this has to do with depth of like life <laughs> and it's what everybody really wants when I think of happiness and joy, you think of your family, you think of your friends, uh, having personal time and hobbies. It's just now that you've carved out that time and you can control your schedule. It's honestly quite hard to figure out what to do with it once you create it, but that's part of the process, right? Of now I have this time, this surplus of what do I do with myself? So it's kind of this interesting transition. If you've been through this before, it's, it's almost like this identity uh, crisis, if you would, where, holy 
crap, I've got the business in a good place. The money is coming in. I have this time. And it's almost like this freak out, a good freak out. So uh, that's where I would say the last part of this is, is really just doing the thing that you've always dreamed about and talking about. And, you know, for me, uh, it, it is inclusive of being able to work out. It is inclusive of uh, having a personal hobby outside of even my personal relationship. You know, I'm an avid uh, competitive shooter. I love doing that. I love following up with my friends via text or phone. And sometimes those conversations go 30, 40 minutes and it eats up time. But I don't want to feel guilty about doing that because it's a part of uh, my lifestyle. And I want to make time for it because it's important to build those relationships and, you know, feel like you're connected to people. So that's where I would say is carving out the time uh, for your personal life, your family life, your friends, your hobbies, and actually getting to go enjoy what you've built because you have the time and the money. Yeah. I think that's super important. Just not just even in brick and mortar gyms, but like in general business, I think right now we're in a, in a society or in a time where like working and grinding and like, just always like putting out or outputting energy to create is kind of like the message or the narrative. Um, and it's important to remember like, Hey, like you're, like you're a human being, you were designed for like relationship and to enjoy life and the small moments. And like, it's okay for you to have that's actually a really good thing for your, your wholeness as a person, right? And so I think that um, creating that as a part of like how you run your business is so important because at the end of the day, like business owner or gym owner is just one facet of who you are, right? You're a friend, your son, your husband, like it, that's just, one part of you and so like creating space in your life for the other things um whether it's hobbies you know like your friend hanging out with friends like all of that is also equally important in creating like again a gym that is going to be sustainable that you're going to enjoy running that's going to really be um you know helpful for for your life and um you know just beneficial long term not just like you know hustling all the time so Totally. And I'll just give an example. Like yesterday, Steph comes home, it's five 30. It's, you know, the busiest time in the gym industry. Um, and you know, she's catching up with a friend and then, uh, 45 minutes later FaceTiming with her dad. And it's just really cool to know that that still works in our industry that traditionally, um, works around when people get off work or before they, you know, go into work. And, you know, that can be hard on people that work in this industry if they're always on during those key times, because those times are about dinner or other people being on those schedules. And that's when they can talk. So it was a really cool moment just to, you know, see her catch up with a longtime friend. Uh, but then also, you know, to see my daughter get to, you know, smile and laugh with her grandfather and, it was during one of the busiest times, uh, you know, at the gym. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. But why do you think it's so hard to achieve? Like, I think a lot of the times when we look at the gym space, it, there is like, none of these things are consistently happening. It is like, I kind of described a little bit of like a high pace, like frenzy, like we got to go, we got to go, we got to do. Um, why do you feel like it is so hard to achieve a lifestyle gym 
in the brick and mortar space? Like what are people missing that is kind of um, hindering them from kind of creating this for themselves? Yeah, <clears throat> there's a couple things that come to mind. And I think the first would be uh, focus. You know, this is, you know, in business as a whole, the hardest thing I think for owners uh, to do is because we're excited, like I said, by building things. So it's very easy to hear an idea and feel like you're equipped to go build that thing um, or feel like it's a good idea. So therefore it should be worked on. So I think a lot of this has to do with distraction. And what I mean by that is early on in my career, I had that ambition and now I feel like it was over ambition for just trying to build and create this you know gym with a lot of revenue streams and when i got wiser and older and you know my life required more um of my time it started looking like i was doing a lot of things that weren't adding to my my primary goal and uh when you look at all the things it takes to run your business, you can feel exhausted by saying, well, I have a kid's program. I do personal training. I do group. Uh, I do nutrition. And you start looking at it and it can just like blow your mind at like, I'm running five businesses within my business and I have little to nothing to show for it in terms of time or net income. And that was enough for anyone to say, hey, I need to take a step back and just, I think I got caught up of just head down grinding mode and I'm doing a lot of things and maybe they're working really well, but what's the big picture? And that's where this lifestyle gym model comes into play is like the big picture is, you know, am I, am I netting income that allows me to support my family, but also is there actual energy back to me so I can go spend that money or enjoy it and my family on trip. So I think the first thing, what makes it really hard is you just can build whatever you want because you have this, no one overseeing you. So too much focus on additional revenue streams and uh, being distracted, I would say is the number one challenge for new owners and people, you know, trying to get a handle on organizing the business, like you said. Yeah. I think that that's interesting to point out. It's, it's not, it's like finding the sweet spot where, hey, what is the, um, how can I maximize the revenue coming in without giving away so much of my time? And I think people, time and energy, right? Because your time and energy is, you only have a finite amount of that a day. So how do you really leverage that? And, and yes, yeah, so what we've seen is like, okay, I'm, I'm doing PT and I'm running this kids program and I'm doing CrossFit and I'm doing, you know, entry-level beginner on-ramp classes and all these different things that make up your business really make it hard for one to, to have that space and time, um, both inside and outside the gym where you feel like, you know, everything feels organized and nice um, as opposed to just like all these things looming around. And then, um, too, just like, you know, being really like preoccupied with all these moving parts with no sort of like, like result, right? So, so the, the focus here being like, hey, how do we shift from doing a bunch of things kind of okay to one thing really, really well? Um, 
what would you say is like another thing that makes like achieving a lifestyle gym hard in the in the industry uh this one hits really hard uh in our industry as a whole um it's being priced too low and i think there's something about being in the service industry and having a skill that you could look you know around and see so many people as potential clients and if someone speaks up you know a lot of service-minded people are, are saying i can help you and the price point and the cost is so secondary or in the back of their mind that they just want to help and they just want to take the skill that they have and the journey that they've you know gone through to transform their own life and pass that on and it's all it's like a blessing and a curse because you you do have the tools and the resources to do it but if you don't charge the right amount it will actually end up eating at you inside out and i think many coaches out there just don't like their lifestyle yet they started the career with a ton of passion and excitement for helping people and now they're like oh you can't make money or i need to go get a new you know a real job and it's really scarred them so I think price is something that really, really makes it difficult that if the numbers don't work for the business model that you're running, and um, that's going to really be a difficult kind of parallel or kind of fork in the road of, if I'm going to continue to do this, it has to provide for my family. It has to make money. That's how you live. And if it doesn't, it can leave you in that position where you, you feel like you have to give it up or you have to do it as a hobby. Yeah. I think that's like really important to just like put a, put a like little pin in is that idea that um, I think the, the sort of like wrong way of thinking it about it here is if I, I identify as somebody who serves I'm hurting somebody by like charging them too much because then I can't serve them and then I can't help them. And if I can't help them, then, you know, their life won't be transformed. Um, which I think is like a very interesting, you know, in, in the sense that like, if you felt that it means that you're really compassionate about the work that you do and you feel really passionate about it because you want people to experience what a health transformation is because you know how valuable it was to you. And so your desire to like want to help people is a good thing. The, the part where it gets tricky or where it's like, oh, I can't charge too much is, well, what if I increase my prices and I'm not able to help as many people? And I think that's kind of the, um, the thing that you really need to be aware of that that's not true, right? Like people will join at the prices you set if they know that they're going to get value right because it's not that people don't have the income like there are certain like situations where like hey this just isn't in this person's price range but for the majority of part it's not that people aren't don't have the money to spend on health it's that they don't really see the value and your job as a coach is to like show them the value and like buy them into saying yes to their health and their fitness. Because the truth is people are buying iPhones, people are buying cars, like people are buying stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're spending money. <laughs> so it's not a money thing. It's just like a, hey, like I just need to like show this, I need to advocate for this person and be a coach 
and show them why it's actually really valuable for them to spend $200, $225 a month on their health and fitness. Um, and you're kind of going against like media and advertising that's saying like, no, no, it's much more better for you to buy this thing. Um, so in a lot of ways, it can feel like overwhelming, but just so you know, like you are able to serve someone really well and charge them a higher rate. And that doesn't like go against your passion to serve and help. If anything, it helps you do it at a much better um, in, a, in a much greater way because people are just more bought in when, you know, the price is something they have to like think about. Not that a bad thing, that's a good thing. Like you're saying, hey, this is what it's going to take. Are you in? Um, so yeah, just wanted to like say that I think a lot of the times like gym owners have like a, a little bit of like a contradictory, like I wanna help, but I can't help. But if I really wanna help, then I can't charge enough. Um, and that's just not, you know, the right way to look at it. Yeah, when you were, a thought popped in my head when you were saying that where it's almost like owners are apologetic for the price they charge. And when you look at it, we're, we're, we live in a world where we're competing for attention and to showcase our value among products and services. And uh, like your phone analogy, they don't apologize for selling at that rate. Uh, right. Like they just say, it's absolutely worth it. Look at all the stuff it can do. And if we look at it from that standpoint, the price is the price. It's absolutely worth it. Look at everything you're going to be able to do when you have this result, right? So it's just an interesting way to look at it as a product that you truly believe in and back up is you don't compromise on the price because the price is the price and it's set based on what you need in order to make a profit. And that in itself is my point of saying, if it's not set at exactly what you need to make a profit, then you're in a major, major red flag zone of potentially uh, never reaching the goal because you priced yourself out of the opportunity to even be successful from the start. Yeah. This, I feel like could be a whole podcast episode, like pricing. Oh, totally. Yeah any in the industry um but we'll go ahead and just leave it at the, that um what is the the last thing okay so we kind of covered like one of the things that makes it so hard to build a lifestyle gym is one you're focused on too many things too many revenue streams not really organized with them consuming a lot of your energy and your time not really using that effectively number two most likely priced too low um like in the industry and then three what would that be uh i, I kind of touched on this earlier where you know a lot of coaches start at a coaching interest level and very grassroots so coming into business ownership by default puts them in uh the need and um a really urgent one to understand how to run a business. And that doesn't happen overnight. And if you don't have the education, the background, the experience, it's automatically going to be hard. And that's that analogy of jumping right in the deep end. So if you don't seek out experience or expertise in this area from people that either have done it or are very in tune with how to, you know, make a successful gym, then it's already going to be an uphill battle. And then the question is, is how long do you want to hang on and try and figure it out yourself as a do-it-yourselfer? Or what are you willing to spend 
to solve the problem of understanding how to run and manage um, all of these moving parts so that you get to do the actual job you love to do. Like, and, and I say this a lot to my coaching clients where as a coach, you don't even get the opportunity to work with someone until they know you exist on the marketing side, until you prove to them that you can actually help them and close the sale. And then finally you get to work with them and do the thing you love. So if you're not thinking of it that way, you can't run from marketing. You can't run from sales. Otherwise you're not going to have any clients to actually serve. Yeah. And it has to, like, there's an understanding kind of like, um, that your passion was coaching, right? You got into it because you love to help and coach. Um, and that will always kind of be the thing that drew you to owning a gym. But with that also comes like, Hey, because you decided to step into this role as a business owner, like even if you don't like sales and marketing, or even if you're not like waking up, like excited to learn about marketing strategies, like there is kind of like a, Hey, these are kind of the things you have to like adopt and, and gain a skill set in. Um, and I think that the key thing that I've seen in gym owners are the ones that really resist it. They're ones that are like, but that's not my thing. And that's just the story that they tell themselves God, that's not my thing. I don't like doing that. I just want to like coach. I just want to like oversee, or I kind of want to remove myself. Um, are the ones that end up struggling a lot because they've decided that that's not what they do. Their thing is something else. Um, but the key that I've seen in gym owners who are like, Hey, it's not my thing, but I'm going to learn how to do it. Right. It's almost like mobility, like nobody likes mobility, but it makes such a huge difference in your training. And the athletes that are like, I'm going to take recovery and mobility seriously are the ones that see the, the gains that other people who are just like, no, no, I just liked like doing these kind of workouts. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, I think that that's just like, I don't think the, the answer is not like, how do we make you as passionate about sales and marketing as you are about coaching and training? Um, it's how do we, you know, grow that expertise in business to a level that can get you the results that you want? Um, you know, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I'll just kind of end on this where I think passion is what gets you going. And then when you make that transformation as an owner into, I want to make this a career um, I want to make this successful for my family. I want to do this long-term because this is who I am. This is what I love. And this is how I'm going to earn, you know, my lifestyle. Uh, that's where you start looking at the need for marketing and sales and business systems as essential. But if it's always treated as a hobby or just something you're passionate about, I don't think um, that drive that, um, that's a great point uncomfortableness is going to be sought out. And I think that's the difference between someone who really wants to figure this out and do this as a business and as a career and someone who's just happy um, with a fun hobby to manage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Kind of just going back to the athlete analogy. If you, the people who really want to be you know, good will sacrifice the uncomfortable things, the things they don't like, the boring things, because it gives them a competitive edge to do the thing they actually love. So kind of just finding like the balance in, in that as well. Yeah.
definitely. Cool. So that kind of just wraps up like what we, um, yeah, I just wanted to really define what a lifestyle gym is, introduce this concept. I think that, you know, the, the gym space is, um, just consumed with a lot of, um, like a lot of like more, what we like to call like volume strategy, which is like more leads, more signups, more revenue stream, add more. And it's like, Hey, what if the answer isn't necessarily more, but it's doing less better, right? Like what if we just focus on the things that matter to you as a business owner and the things that are going to impact your clients? Um, and we just make things simple, right? And so instead of like running all these different programs and creating all these different things, we're just focused on doing one thing really well. And that um, ultimately leads us to having a lifestyle gym that we enjoy running, that we enjoy waking up to and owning. Um, and that's a, sort of the thing we want to talk to, wanted to talk to you guys about today is just introduce this concept of a lifestyle gym. And yeah. Any last thoughts, Chris? Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, and, and I hope we can continue to expand on even some of the stuff that we, we tapped into. And um, I'll just kind of leave on this note where if, if you resonated with some of these um, you know, points of not living in a lifestyle gym, not even feeling like you're on track to build one, just know that that was a point. And I think a lot of successful owners lives where they had to make the decision to change what they're doing because they weren't happy and that can be really scary and you can feel alone um, and you can even get stuck doing what you know instead of working on what you need to be successful so i just wanted to emphasize that you guys aren't alone out there the reason that we can talk with this level of understanding is because chances are we've made those mistakes and I definitely have, you know, gone through a lot of hardship to get to these solutions. But Andrea, in the end, you know, this is why we're doing this at Factory Forge is really to uh, help people live a better life through, you know, owning a brick and mortar, because I want more people to be successful. I want more people to have this lifestyle gym, so that we just build a massive freaking industry of people really taking over uh, their communities and helping people, but not at the expense of themselves. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Oh, cool. This was great. I definitely look forward to more, but thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, thank you. If you're ready to start growing your membership base with long-term clients and building a gym that gives you income and lifestyle, then I want to invite you to apply to my program where I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month, take home, and make $5,000 a month in gym profit without spending all of your time working by implementing our proven process, the Lifestyle Gym Model. Head to factoryforge.com forward slash apply to apply to work with us.